if your instinct is to say that if Sidney Crosby isn't knocked out by the New York Rangers last night, the Penguins win game five and the series against the Rangers is over. And today we're sitting around waiting to see who wins the Canes-Bruins series. I'd say you're probably right. But if the subtraction of Sidney Crosby means the Penguins are going to go from up to nothing in the game, up 3-1 in the game of the series, and up 7-2 on the scoreboard in game four to a 5-3 to three deficit without him, then the Penguins simply may not be able to survive what's going to happen in these next two games if Crosby can't play, and that would be a damn shame. I'm Tim Benz on the X, your home for the Penguins. This is the Mark Madden Show. Mark is coming up at 4 today. He's heading to England to see Liverpool in the FA Cup. The Penguins' quest for the Stanley Cup was predicted to be brief. Many people, even here in Pittsburgh, myself included, thought that the Penguins were going to lose in the first round to the Rangers based on how they played against the Rangers in the regular season and based on how they performed down the stretch of the regular season itself. But the Penguins had clearly been the better team in this series, outlasting New York in the triple overtime game one, losing but hanging tough with their backup goalie in game two, outgunning the Rangers in game three and dominating them in game four. They were even in control last night until Crosby's injury thanks to an elbow to the head from Jacob Truba, and more from that soon enough. Without Crosby, they collapsed, and a 2-0 lead became a 5-3 loss, and now Game 6 is on the slate at PPG Paints Arena right here on the X Friday night. For as bad as it was last night after Sid went out, it didn't have to go that badly. For instance, I thought they were cooked, fried, skewered, following that third goal and seeing that Crosby wasn't on the bench and the team was melting down. My only hope at that time was to take a standing eight count, get to the locker room at 3-2, take a breath, and hopefully Crosby is back on the bench to start the third. But then Rangers goalie Igor Shosturkin, as he has all series, screws up again, mishandles a puck in the waning seconds, it ends up as a Jake Gensel goal, yeah, another one, and the Penguins go in the locker room tied. And suddenly, you just need one goal. Extend the game to OT if you have to. Get your sea legs without Crosby. Stand up in front of Louis Domingue, and the series is over. Rest up. Get Crosby healthy. Let the Canes and Bruins kill each other for another game or two. But what happened? Immediate power play for the Rangers to start the third. Penalty on Pedersen. Late power play goal, easy entry allowed, fluke puck bounce, guys reaching with their sticks instead of skating to get to the loose puck, Carter late getting back, goal 4-3 Rangers ballgame. The Penguins had a glimmer with a third period power play of their own, if you recall. But Gensel and Malkin ran into each other, it led to a 4-on-1, and Deming makes a glove save, the glove save of his life, to keep it a one-goal game. But that power play was a disaster from beginning to end. It gets truncated late because Malkin and Gensel both take penalties. Malkin got one for roughing when he cross-checked Kevin Rooney in the face. That was later on in the game. So Sid goes out and Malkin spends four minutes in the penalty box in the third. And Gensel's in there for two. In the words of Louis Domingue, not the best. The way I see it, once it was clear that the Penguins weren't getting Crosby back for the third period... They had three chances to win this series without Sid, if if he is, in fact, done for the duration. 
They could have won it with one 20-minute period, and they didn't. They could win it with one 60-minute game against the Rangers at MSG tomorrow. That's possible. Win game seven back at MSG, I doubt they will. That's my opinion. I want to hear what yours is. I think the Penguins might be able to win game six if Sid doesn't play. They get galvanized. Malkin rises up. Jake Gensel gets into an even higher echelon of Pittsburgh fandom and Pittsburgh sports hero worship. Gets two, maybe three more. Something like that. Deming has a Frank Peter Angelo kind of effort and shuts him out. I don't know. But you could see the pendulum swing, the emotion, the intangibles working the way of the Penguins, and they perhaps pull out Game 6 if Sid can't play. But I don't see them winning Game 7 if Sid doesn't play. If Crosby's in uniform for a Game 7, total coin flip. And that's a shame because I think the Penguins have played better in this series and better in this season to have their fate then come down to a coin flip and Louis the Baker trying to win Game 7 in Madison Square Garden. But I want your opinions, too. 412-333-9939. And as for the hit itself, last night Mike Sullivan refused to comment on the hit. He simply retorted back to the reporter who asked it, did you see the hit? And then he followed up by saying, well, then your opinion is probably the same as mine. And based on what the Internet is telling me, nobody has the same opinion on this hit. We're all looking at the same thing, and everybody thinks one thing and then says it out loud, and somebody fires back with the exact opposite opinion. Here's what Sullivan said this morning about Crosby's status and the Truba hit on Crosby as the team was preparing to leave New York and come back to Pittsburgh. Uh, What I will tell you is Sid will be evaluated when he goes back to Pittsburgh with us today. Uh, His injury is an upper body injury. Uh, I'm not going to get into more specifics with that. And... It's not my responsibility to share my opinion on uh, whether or not a team's responsibility. uh, That's the league's job. All right, and this is what Truba had to say. He met with the media today, too. No, not really. I didn't know he, at the time, I didn't know that was the the play that he got injured on. Um, So, no, I mean, I, I didn't. From your perspective, what, what, did, you know, what did happen on that play? It seemed like he was in an awkward spot. Yeah, kind of uh, tried to go on stick on puck uh, when he was going to shoot. My stick kind of went in between his legs and kind of hit his thigh, and I kind of pushed my arm up. And it's kind of a fluky play. It wasn't really a, I mean, a massively hard contact. Um, unfortunately, I obviously don't want to ever see a guy get hurt. And uh, I, mean, I don't know exactly what the injury is, but, but hopefully it's better soon. If that's what stick on puck looks like, I'd hate to see what happens when he's really trying to hit a guy. Oh, wait, I did twice. Once against the Blackhawks and once against the Avs, specifically McKinnon. Now, as we have learned, there won't be a fine or a disciplinary hearing for Truba, and a lot of people are mad at Mike Sullivan for not taking a stronger stance about it. And if you want to hear my theory as to why he's not saying more than he kind of passively, aggressively did last night... I think it's because he knows the more that if he had groused about the elbow to the head of Crosby, the more New York grouses about Malkin cross-checking Rooney in the face. And let's say it had come down to Truba gets a game and Malkin gets a game. The Pens lose out in that swap if Sid is unable to play. It's a bigger deal to lose Sid and Malkin for one game than it is even to have Truba go out for two. So that's as much as anything... 
I think, as to why Sullivan was being passive-aggressive in his criticism of the hit. I won't be. I thought it was an elbow to the head. It's a penalty. Based on the perceived attempt to get headshots out of the game of hockey, I think it's worthy of a one-game suspension. Missing that call and uh, at live speed, seeing how Crosby didn't lay splayed out all over the ice or anything after he was knocked out by Matt Niskanen to drive a different kind of example to be a parallel I get why it wasn't called at full speed, but I don't get how they missed him getting sticked to the head on the faceoff early in the game. And I don't get why, if they're trying to take blows to the head out, they don't think that's worthy. And if they're trying to get cross-checks out, I don't know why they don't think it's not worthy to suspend Balkan either, for that matter. Games aren't officiated based on what is or isn't a penalty unfortunately, in the NHL. Games are officiated based on what the refs deem to be, in their own minds, balance. The greatest fallacy in all of sports is the hockey notion that NHL officials are wise to not blow their whistles when they see penalties in the playoffs at crucial times because, quote, they don't want to be the ones who influence the outcome of the game. It's the most asinine, self-defeating, logic in the world because if you don't blow those whistles you are influencing the game because a power play earned has not been granted and players know they can get away with murder and the game is compromised as a result the same dumbass concept comes into play when it comes to suspensions because the league doesn't want to influence the game or the series from a suspension but they are influencing the game in the series because they aren't evening things up by taking out the guy who took out another team star player and the players who are committing these fouls aren't intimidated to avoid them. They're not worried about any sort of suspension. You know, Jacob Trouba was pretty good last night, and the Rangers' defense has been much worse without Lindgren in. He came back. It was better. I'd love to see what their blue line looks like without Trouba on it. Now, I don't want to see what the Penguins' forward unit looks like without either Crosby Crosby or Malkin. So, if... Malkin is the one that skates free because of this, and I do think that was part of Sullivan's strategy. I guess the Penguins have to grin and bear it, but Sidney Crosby's been phenomenal in this series, and it's not a stretch to say that he's played some of the best playoff hockey of his life, certainly since the last two Cups, and I might go even so far as to say certainly since the 08-09 runs that they had. He's been brilliant in this series. He drives possession. He's doing everything a center needs to do to set up a red-hot winger as a goal scorer in Gensel. But, you know, the Rangers have taken out more than Crosby. It's been Raquel. It's been Dumoulin. Maybe you can argue to a degree, too. We don't know exactly how DeSmith got hurt, but if the initial injury occurred when he got run where his head got hit, too, maybe you throw that into the mix, and that's why Domingue is in there. So I want your opinions on the Truba hit, too, what the league should do about it. Should the players and Sullivan be more vocal in their criticism of the league? I also want to know if you think Malkin's cross-check to the face of Rooney had anything to do with the tamped-down reaction by the Penguins. I do think that's factoring in and sort of the public back-and-forth and all this. Again, 412-333-9939. The great irony is the league allegedly was tightening the screws on headshots in part because of what happened to star players like Sidney Crosby in the first place. Crosby takes a headshot from a guy who laid out another star player earlier in the year in McKinnon doing the same thing. Tom Brady got hit in the knee once and football changed forever. Buster friggin' Posey 
got run over at home plate, and they changed a fundamental basic easy rule to adjudicate a baseball and made it convoluted as all hell. Sidney Crosby's nearly been decapitated 10 times since coming back from his concussions, and nothing changes. You figure it out. But I also want to hear from Penguin fans about Malkin. Can he raise his level of play to carry the Penguins to victory without Sid? Before this year, he did a lot. I didn't see as much of it this year. I saw it in the second period last night. Didn't see it in the third. Maybe there's a different question to ask, though. Can Jake Gensel carry the team without Crosby if Crosby can't play? The way Gensel's been playing, that might be the more apt question to ask. Suddenly, I have now more faith in that. What say you? Let's go to the phones. Hannah, you're on 105.9 The X. Hey. Hi, Hannah. So, me and my boyfriend were talking about all of this last night, and first off, I think Malkin pretty much cross-checked him as kind of payback for what they did to Crosby. But at the same time, because they keep taking out their players, I think the Rangers think that they're not up to Penguins' uh, playoff standards and that they're trying to eliminate whoever they can so that they actually have a chance of winning. Well, when the coach, the and thanks round. for the call, Hannah, when the coach comes out after he did following the Game 4 blowout and calls his whole team soft, then wh- how do you think they're going to respond? So that's kind of coach code speak, if you will. If it's the regular season, maybe it just degenerates into a couple of stupid fights, and that's the end of it. But now it's the playoffs, so you take out star players and you go attack the other team by all means. Now, did did Malkin like think about what happened to Sid when he cross-checked Rooney in the face? No, he was pissy. He was mad because he was tied up right in front of the benches. Malkin stood up before. What he got suspended for? That's, that has nothing to do with Sid. That's just what Malkin does. He gets like that. When circumstances and the opposing team gets under his skin, he responds that way. Look no further than what happened against Nashville early in the season when he got suspended. Newman, you're on 105.9 The X. Hello, Newman. Hey, uh, on NHL Network last night, they showed the video of Sid getting elbowed in the head and then cross-checked in the ribs all in the same play. And as they nonchalantly analyzed and debated whether it was the headshot or the cross-check from behind that knocked probably the best player in the sport, possibly out of the playoffs, I couldn't help but think the NHL really is just its own worst enemy. And hockey in general will always be a fringe sport as long as nonsense like this is discussed as commonplace. Yeah, and when they pay lip service and lip service only to getting it out of the game. I mean, if you were on Twitter, it took all of uh, half of the intermission before everybody was re-showing the two hits that Truba had earlier in the season that are exactly like this. This is his move. If he was a WWE wrestler, this would be his finisher, the chicken wing. Like, you know, he'd have it patented. 412-333-9939. 412-333-9939. Dave, Mark, we'll get back to you guys. Uh, one quick note about the Steelers and the schedule release tonight and why they aren't more interested in a certain free agent. Marc-Andre Fleury news I want to get to as well. And a really troublesome stat last night from the Penguins game I need to get into. Josh Yo is going to join us from The Athletic. All that to come in the 3 o'clock hour. Mark's on at 4. This is 105.9 The X. Now, the super genius, Mark Madden. All hail Finn, all hail Mark Madden. I think that says a lot about my integrity. I love it, I think it's great. Achtung, baby. The X at 105.9.
got a tweet. Tim Crosby had the puck. It was a bang-bang play. You sound like a homer. No offense, it's hockey. Are we not allowed to hit the guy with the puck? Yeah, you are, but not with an elbow to the head. Actually, you're not allowed to do that. You know, we're all going to be pissed today about what happened to Sidney Crosby last night and the Penguins losing. Tomorrow, we will be pissed and create conspiracy theories about the NFL and how they screwed the Steelers on purpose. That will be tomorrow's job. I mean, as well as being pissed about what will happen when the Rangers take the ice against the Penguins in Game 6. Um, but the schedule releases tonight for the NFL, and everybody, I, I can guarantee you this, everybody is going to bitch and complain because the Steelers don't open at home this year, and I think that's stupid because the Steelers often don't open at home in large part because there's usually a Pirates game. There's oftentimes a Pirate game, and for as little fan base as they still have anymore to draw people in, the traffic flow and the parking is a nightmare. From an organizational standpoint, the Pirates are more than um, – a thorn in the side of the Steelers when it comes to that sort of thing. But the Steelers don't care if they open on the road as often as they do because it's almost like you get two openers then. You know, at least in terms of the energy and enthusiasm for your players, you have the season opener, then you have the home opener. Now, one thing that's going to be interesting is if the reports out of Cincinnati are accurate that the Steelers open in Cincinnati at 1 o'clock the first week. Now, some of these schedule leaks have been bogus, but... I just saw Jay Morrison from The Athletic write about this, and he's not bogus. We've had him on this show before, and he's not guaranteeing it, but what they've been able to deduce, the Steelers, according to him and according to others in Cincinnati, it's looking like the Steelers very well may open in Cincinnati, and boy, if that's the case, Pickett or Trubisky potentially playing their first game against the Bengals on the road? Oh, Boy, will people complain about that. It might make the Truba hit look like nothing. They're trying to screw us already. Let's go to Dave in Bethel Park. Dave, you're on 105.9 The X. Hey, how you doing? Good. Hey, a uh, couple cheap shot on on uh, Crosby, and Malkin, not car- Malkin cannot carry this team. He, he is pathetic. What about Gensel? I don't. I don't think Gensel can carry our best hope for a game uh, like like Jake Gensel game. can't continue this hot streak and and maybe they win three to two or four to three. Nah, you got Louis, Louis the Baker in, in Nets. I mean, goals one through four, or two through four were weak. He can't. Carry I don't know if two through Nets. four were weak. I mean, don't you blame the power play goal? I mean, it's one on one with the guy who turned around and shot the puck because of a fluky bounce. Like he had even he had no time to even set up for that. Well, the first one is a good goal, okay? But the one where Carter was beat and then the other one, what's his name, slipped on the ice and spun around. Well, I think you're, you're building credibility as to why there's other reasons besides the goalie to hang the uh, the blame for the goal on other people. And that's fine, and, and I actually tend to agree. But the thing with Deming right now is, if you want to like um, sort of spread this conversation out, the thing that I've got with the way Deming is playing right now is He's taking some goals out of the net, like he made the great save on the 4-on-1 after the two guys, uh, Gensel and Malkin, collided with each other. He made a great save there. He sprawled across the crease once in Game 1. He sprawled across the crease once in Game 2. Did it again in Game 3. So, like, he's making the occasional great save. And then you're also seeing, though, the converse, which is 50-50 goals or 60-40 goals that maybe Tristan Jari stops when he's playing right. Deming isn't. And those yeah, are the goals that are adding up. I think of Jari, and I know people are saying he isn't had, doesn't have any practice in, even laterally from side to side. I'd put Jari in, and I understand he's often almost no practice, but he's just 
the anticipation between him and Louie is night and day. If, you can tell why he's a third stringer and Jari's a starter. The anticipation simply isn't there with Louie. It's there with Jari. Well, that's part of the reason why yeah. he's sprawling across the crease, like I said, because uh, he's maybe a little bit later getting over there as opposed to Jari. Is. Thanks for the call, Dave. Look, if it's game six, I go with Jari, and I don't think twice about it. If it's game seven... And they go back, and they don't have Sidney Crosby, and it's MSG after blowing a 3-1 lead. I mean, you could go with Jari. That's an absolute no-win situation for him, unless he does win it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's not going to go in there, and there, people are going to be giving him a standing ovation for an attaboy. Hey, good try. Um, it's going to be still, Jari can't get it done in the playoffs, and if he plays badly... Um, who knows what you've done to him for next season. So, I don't know. I mean, I think that's something they're going to have to evaluate based on where Crosby is as much as where the two goaltenders are. Mark, you're on 105.9 The X. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I don't think the Pens are going to win the series now if Crosby is missing, regardless of maybe Gensel having a game. I just, you need someone to give him the puck, and he can't do it himself with Malkin not playing the way we all expected. And, I'm sorry. I know you guys are tired of hearing or talking about this. Sullivan doesn't like tough guys on his team, and this is the reason why teams take liberties with us. And Jacob Truman is exactly what I expected. Hit us, hurt us, and no one's going to do it. So let me ask you this. If they still have Ryan Reeves and the Rangers don't, does Jacob Truman not do that? I think he does anyway. Because what's Ryan Reeves going to do? Fight him? No, because Truba isn't a fighter, and that's the code of hockey, that fighters only fight other fighters. So what's the point? You know, like, it's a little bit different if you've got a Tom Wilson who nobody, you know, apparently in the NHL cares about getting out of the league, and if he sees somebody that has injured one of his own teammates and he gets on the rails, he can hit you and hurt you. And if you're looking for a player like that from the Penguins, well, okay, He's functional, though. Like, Wilson could actually serve an offensive purpose and has and was a big reason why the Penguins lost to the Capitals beyond the physical aspect in 2018. But that's the kind of guy I want to see the Penguins get. I want to see them get the forward that can beat you up if he has to, that will hit you if he has to, that will put you in his crosshairs, but can also still play the game. And those guys are hard to find. There's not a Tom Wilson tree out there, unfortunately. Well, maybe fortunately for the rest of our population. 412-333-9939. 412-333-9939. Josh Yoey up next. Hey, by the way, uh, if you saw this, I mentioned this before the break. Uh, according to Jerry Dulac, the Steelers are not going to be involved in the James Bradbury sweepstakes. Uh, I think they should. Uh, I don't know why they are not. I think they could use a corner, but we'll get into that maybe a little bit more later on in the show or um, tomorrow when we do talk a little bit more football after the NFL intentionally screws the Steelers and gives us the hardest schedule in the world that's ever been seen by an NFL team. Because you know that's going to happen! 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. So, uh, what's happening? He's a little guy. Huh? I'd love to get the ball to say what you want to say. Very good point. The X at 105.9. Josh Yoey joins us right now. He covers the Penguins for The Athletic, brought to you by 84 Lumber, your hometown building partner, and by Cross Country Mortgage. Tim Ben's in for Mark Madden today. Mark is on his way to Europe. He's going to London to watch Liverpool in the FA Cup. Uh, He's going to come on at 4 o'clock before he departs, though. And uh, Josh from The Athletic actually joins us right now on the hotline. Josh, I want to read you this uh, tweet that Mark got. 
Uh, Mark wrote an article about the Truba hit and uh, didn't like it. And this Ranger fan replied to him, quote, what a joke this article is. It's a clean hit, one that probably doesn't even happen. If the league doesn't do something earlier about the officiating in this series, the Rangers are frustrated and throwing the body around, and in this case, legally. So not only was the hit legal, Josh, but if it wasn't legal, the refs made us do it. That's the rationale we're getting. Um, boy, Rangers fans are an interesting bunch this postseason, I find. Um, it, it was not a legal hit. Uh, there's no question about that. Now, have I seen more flagrant, dirtier hits? Yeah, I have. And in fact, this is one of my problems with Truba. I saw an even worse hit 20 seconds into the game thrown by Jacob Truba to the back of Jake Gensel's head. Um, so when I'm analyzing what he did to Sid, I can't ignore the fact, Tim, that he was literally using his elbow as a weapon on the on the very first shift of the game, 24 hours after his coach called his team soft. Um, yeah, that, that gets my attention a great deal. And uh, a lot of people in the Penguins organization, from what I've been told, are pretty livid with the league, and I don't blame them. Expand on that, Josh. Uh, what are you hearing, and how has it then not translated to Mike Sullivan, uh, at least in his public comments? I, I have a theory, but I'd like to hear yours first. Isn't it interesting that Sullivan just never bashes the league publicly, ever? Um, he just won't do it. We, we tried to get him do it, to do it last night. Some of us tried this morning. He, he just won't. And I, I promise you what he says to the league behind closed doors is completely different than, than what we see publicly. But I, I don't necessarily have a theory for it. Uh, I think he's trying to do the right thing and take the high road. But I, I know there's a significant segment of the Penguins fan base that would love if this one time he would say, you know what, yeah, I think Truba did do it on purpose. I think it was a dirty hit. I'm not happy about it. I, I, I would love to see it, but, but he just won't bite. I'm wondering if maybe tomorrow we get more of that because at least last night in the moment after the loss and even to a degree this morning, now maybe by the time this morning rolled around and he talked to us, he knew there wasn't going to be a hearing for Truba already, but if, if that's the case, Josh, then maybe he knew yay or nay on a hearing for Malkin too because that went through my mind last night that he was dialing back any rhetoric that we wanted him to ramp up because he didn't want to get the dialogue going of, hey, doesn't what Gino did look a lot like what he did against the Predators? And he got four games for that. So if they're going to give Truba one, they better give Malkin one. And losing Gino and Sid at the same time to me is worse than the Rangers losing Truba. What do you think about that? No, that's very fair. And when objectively analyzing what happened last night, if we're going to make a big deal out of Truba's behavior, and I think it's fair to do so, we cannot deny what Malkin did and that he is a repeat offender. And I thought it was very interesting watching Malkin last night. He was one of their best players in the first two periods. I actually thought he was great in the first two periods. He had the two great passes, the Latang and Gensel. And aside from that, he was just playing intelligent hockey, wasn't turning the puck over, just getting pucks deep, all the things you want to see from him. And the second Sid left the game, he became a little bit of a different person. The Rangers clearly were trying to agitate him. It clearly worked. Um, that can't happen moving forward, whether Crosby is back or not. Uh, that that version of Balkan 
isn't going to help the Penguins win. And he's probably lucky he didn't hear from the league because that was a pretty dirty play. And that's what, six weeks after he got suspended for four games. So he needs to be way smarter. Yeah, a couple things happened there, Josh. One, it's Rooney. Nobody cares about him. Everybody cares about Sid. Truba's more well-known. Truba had a good game. Truba's done this before. I just think that it got buried by the national media. So much else happened last night when it came to playoff comebacks and, you know, teams coming from way behind the Panthers and cap. I just think that the, the shot from Malkin got buried, but I think Sullivan was wise to not bring up the dialogue by extension. If he were to rattle everybody's cage in New York and say that Truba should be out. Now I'm not saying I'm not trying to excuse what Truba did by any stretch. I'm just advancing that opinion as to why maybe he didn't talk more about it. Now to your point against about Malkin, I I agree about just about everything you said and how he's got to be against the Rangers in game seven. I mean, like, and game six, first of all, if it does get to a game seven, maybe it's like his Yager moment or something like that. But I'm going to frame this a different way. Instead of looking to Malkin to be the guy to pull the Yager trick like he did against the Devils, can we look at Gensel? Like, is this Gensel's time to put himself in an even higher level of Pittsburgh sports fandom in history by getting the, getting the team by the Rangers if Sid is out in game six or seven? This guy has become quite a story, hasn't he? And if I were Malkin, I would just be passing to number fifty-nine a lot. I think. I think that we were just talking about that. I was just talking about that because I wonder <laughs> if Malkin sees what Sid has been doing to set up a really hot winger in Gensel, and he tries to do that with Gensel because I think sometimes Josh and I don't have a metric or a number to prove this. For as well as those two have played together when they've had to and Rust has been there, sometimes I think it goes the other way and Jake goes playmaker to Malkin's goal scoring. What do you think? No, I think that does happen at times. Um, but in this instance, uh, Gensel is just so hot. Mm-hmm. And anybody at this point, and, and I know nobody in Pittsburgh thinks this, but there are people nationally in Canada who think that Jake Gensel is some creation of Sidney Crosby. Uh, give me a break. He he is no such thing. Yes, they have great chemistry. Yes, playing with Crosby will help any winger. Um, but Jake Gensel is a star. I mean, he is a great player in his own right. And he has already established himself, I think, at age 27, as one of the great clutch performers in Penguins history, one of the great playoff performers in Penguins history. Uh, the numbers are extraordinary, and they speak for themselves. Uh, This guy is on an unbelievable heater right now, and and I give him credit to Tim. Uh, The beating he has taken in this series, he always takes it in the playoffs, and and they were going after him from game one. Truba caught him with the elbow from behind early in game five. He just keeps coming back for more, and he and Malkin know how to play together. Uh, There's a good relationship there. There's plenty of chemistry, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I think they'll be just fine if, indeed, they are playing together tomorrow night. Zahorna got called up. That appears to be bad news if they're galvanizing the forward unit already. Um, what are you hearing? When do you think we'll hear anything? Will this be a game-time decision thing moving forward for Sid? How do you think they're going to handle this publicly? Well, I mean, listen, obviously a concussion is, is the concern. I don't know that he's been diagnosed with one. I know that was the concern of many people in the organization last night. Um, it goes without saying, and given his history, uh, they're a little bit more careful with him, as they should be. Um, you know, this is a guy who has missed a large chunk of his career due to this injury. This is, you know, I don't need to tell people at this point, this is an injury to the brain. 
it's a big deal. Um, it's at least, if it is a concussion, it's at least the fourth one that he's had that we know of. Maybe he's had more. You never know. Um, that is absolutely the concern. Uh, I don't know for a fact that he has been diagnosed with one, but people I've talked to in the organization, just, you know, people I've seen around the airports, a couple of team officials and whatnot today, uh, nobody is in a very positive frame of mind. I, I, I certainly have the sense that everybody's racing for Crosby to not be available tomorrow. And if he's not available tomorrow, I would find it wildly unlikely he'd be available for a game seven in New York on Sunday. What's going to happen in goal? <laughs> well, I know what should happen. I, let me start by saying this. If Tristan Jari is cleared to play, he should play. There's no doubt in my mind. I don't care how rusty he is. Um, he needs to play the second he's available because he's better than Louis Domingue, even if he's rusty. Uh, Louis's given up four goals a game. He's a great story. He's held down the fort, but I, you know, I don't know how many more wins this guy has left in him. Um, Jari has taken shots about three days in practice. Not a lot of shots. Most of these are shots from you know Andy Kyoto, the goaltender coach. Um, but that said, he, he looks comfortable. He looked fine. I, I would not be shocked if Tristan Jari plays tomorrow night. If he's medically cleared, I think he will. And there is a sense that he's awfully close to being able to play. He's been skating for almost a week now, so I, I think there's a possibility that he plays. And, oh, boy, I, I, I'm expecting an unbelievable atmosphere in that building tomorrow night, regardless of who's in net. But if Christian Jari leads the Penguins out on the ice, that place will go absolutely bonkers. He needs that, too, when it comes to the playoffs, because this is the only circumstance I think people would go bonkers because Tristan Jari is between the pipes based on how it happened last year. I, and I, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I mean, I, I mean that sincerely. Do you, do you buy what I'm saying? No, I do. And, you know, I would love to see him get the opportunity to perform in the playoffs, even if it's when he's rusty and he hasn't had much practice. Um, you know, I don't know what it's been like to, to have been Tristan Jari for the last year, but he's had to live with this for the last 12 months, what happened against the Islanders, this notion that he can't win in the playoffs. I think he's been driven by it. I think he's played the best hockey of his life this season, for, perhaps because he's been so driven by it. And he's been waiting for this opportunity. So, man, I mean, if you like theater, uh, Tristan Jari coming back from injury maybe a little bit early and ha- having a chance to rescue the Penguins and push them into the next round, uh, doesn't get much better than that. One other thing, Josh, um, and this goes back to the Rangers side, and it's about Igor Shosturkin. He still wasn't very good last night. Uh, you know, the Penguins have been bombarding them with shots. It's been 41 per game, even if you don't count the additional 40 that they had in the overtimes of game one. It was 41 and a half, the average. They only had 32 last night. You know, he had one bank off of him from Gensel early. He allowed the goal 13 seconds after to Gensel when they tied it up, or actually taken the lead 3-2, to two, and Gensel tied it back up again. Um, he made a puck-handling gaffe that was Jari-esque that allowed that goal to take place. He still can be had. He wasn't great last night, and that was back home, and now he's coming back to Pittsburgh where it's been a horror show for him. Uh, I wonder if there's a little like Pecorene thing going on. Remember when that was the case for Nashville when they were coming to Pittsburgh? Oh, yeah. Ren- Pekka Rene was never going to win Game 7 in Pittsburgh if the, the Predators had won Game 6. It was, he was just done. Um, I don't know, Tim. On my flight home from New York this morning, there was a man sitting beside me wearing a Rangers Hawaiian shirt, and he was reading the New York Post. And I saw a headline in the New York Post that said, uh, Igor refine, or, uh, finds a Vezina form. Uh, no, he didn't. I, I didn't see that. 
I, I didn't see that last night. I didn't think he was particularly sharp. I thought the third goal, Gensel's goal, wasn't a great goal. Um, he hasn't looked great this whole series. I thought he was really good in game one. Even game two when the Rangers won 5-2, he looked a little leaky in the first period. He didn't look all that comfortable. Um, I would not be feeling great about him more the Rangers. You have to play him. He's your guy, no doubt. Um, but I, I didn't think he was all that sharp. And if the Penguins can pepper him early, take a lead, if that crowd is really into the game, as I suspect it will be and should be, uh, I don't know how he will withstand all of that. I, I think it's a very fair question. And uh, he, he just looks rattled to me, and I don't know if he's going to recover. Was the guy in the Hawaiian shirt coming directly to Pittsburgh, or was he going elsewhere? Was he actually going to Hawaii? Um, he was coming directly to Pittsburgh. Uh, I'll send you a picture of him. Real dork. Um, <laughs> his whole family was wearing, like, Hawaiian Rangers, Hawaiian shirts with Rangers logos on it. Very obnoxious, actually. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, you're a LaGuardia. It's miserable enough as it is. Um, Staggy being on my flight was the only saving grace. Wow. So if Staggy's the saving grace, these guys must have really been jerks, huh? I'm telling you. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I really, I'm not supposed to be in the cheering business. I kind of hope the Penguins just finish it off tomorrow night. I don't want to go back there this weekend. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. I appreciate it. You got it, Tim. All right, Josh Yoey from The Athletic. Hey, uh, that is sort of a little buried story. I am happy for Stoggy uh, that he got a chance to have the call for the past couple of days. It was under unfortunate circumstances, of course, with uh, Josh and Phil being in the protocol, but I know how much Stoggy loves doing that, and um, it was uh, good to hear him. I was kind of going back and forth, radio, TV, both TV broadcasts. I was a little bit all over the place last night, so um, happy to hear him get a couple calls under his belt for that. When we come back before the top of the hour, um, uh, troublesome stat from the penguin game last night i didn't get into it with josh i'll throw that at you an update on what's going on with the wild and mark andre flurry that's come before the top of the hour this is 105.9 the x mark is on at four and now the super genius mark madden he don't do nothing but win he just knows how to win super g loud and proud he is horrible he is terrible the x at 105.9 those bevy long drinks are fantastic by the way I've had a couple. They're really good. At Stinky's, in fact, where Mark always does the uh, viewing parties. Not always, but frequently does the viewing parties in Lawrenceville. Great spot. Sponsored by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at cwelectricalservices.com. Tim Benson for Mark Day. Mark's coming up in about three or four minutes here on 105.9 The X. Mark andre Fleury will not be in net tonight. It'll be Cam Talbot, according to The Athletic. Uh, it's an elimination game for the Wild. So they're kind of going to him cold after he was, what, 13-0-3 or something like that down the stretch. They went with Fleury to start the playoffs. Now they're down 3-2 to the Blues. And this might kind of, uh, a little bit similar to what Tristan Jari might have to do, except the difference is Jari's coming off an injury, too, after sitting around for a long time, getting hurt late in the regular season. And uh, if he comes in for Game 6 and or Game 7, uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll talk to Mark about those prospects in just a little bit. Kind of a troublesome stat, I thought, last night. Mike Sullivan, once he got through the weeds of the Sidney Crosby situation, was talking about the extended defensive zone time they had repeatedly in the shifts after Crosby got hurt to allow the Rangers to build that comeback in the 3-2 lead. And then that bled into the third period as well, where the Rangers were getting some 
extended defensive zone shifts against the Penguins. And the real bothersome thing to that to me is that the Pens were dominant in the faceoff circle. They won two-thirds of the draws. They won 67.2% of the draws, 39 to 19. And despite their ability to gain possession initially, they were still pinned back at a lot of points after Crosby left that hockey game. And again, I keep coming back to what I said before, which was I understand them getting discombobulated after Sid went out, but that Gensel goal was so big. 13 seconds after, Shesterkin blows it, makes the terrible puck-handling decision. Penguins score, go into the locker room, and then they just came out and did what they did by putting the Rangers of the power play right away, and their own power play gets truncated, and Malkin takes two penalties in the box for four minutes. Like, I understand why it went bad after Sid went out. I thought they did a good job recalibrating, then they gave it back again after that. Now they got to figure out how to get it right for Game 6 without Crosby, assuming he doesn't play. And until I'm told otherwise, that's the assumption, the presumption I'm going to make. We'll talk about the hit that put him in that situation and more with Mark Madden next here on the Mark Madden Show on 105.9 The X. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 